What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Deichman, and with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That's right, and this week we will be talking about PC families and D&D Beyond, as well as answering some listener questions at the end. Trevor, how were your games this week? Um, They weren't. <laughs> yeah. And they weren't before... And they weren't before before. Happy New Year. Happy New Year <laughs> holiday time things where people's schedules are fucked. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We've had to put off Pathfinder like three weeks now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, yeah. But Pathfinder hasn't been a thing. Mm. D&D hasn't been a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But um, I, I, mean, I the last time I had a game was two, three weeks. It was the week before I wasn't able to be on the show. How dare you <laughs> have a life... My God. I had to go to Knott's Berry Farm. Good God. <laughs> um, you didn't even bring me back any jam. <laughs> I gave you cookies. <laughs> um, Pretty much, I don't even remember where the last time I left off with telling you what happened. <laughs> but they made it inside Malabog's castle. And they're literally fighting the man. The, the very, man. The very big, gross man. <laughs> Fomorian. <laughs> and... You've got him, you've got four Fomorians, like, in the same room. You've got two Cyclopses who are doing magic spells and one summoning an elemental. And these motherfuckers are like, oh, okay, so we're just going to stand off here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then, because I, I'm i like, this is part of the plan, no matter what happens, if Malabog feels threatened, he's going to call a dragon using his artifact that can control dragons. Mm-hmm. They know As this. You do. They know he has this. Okay. So <laughs> I rolled for how long it would take the dragon to get there. And they're like, oh yeah, I gave him warning signs. I'm like, yeah, yo, this this you hear this dragon scream coming in hot. And even <laughs> one of their allies was all like, hey, we were fighting this dragon and the motherfucker just bolted. Like a fresh <laughs> single, this guy is sliding. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's an interesting way to describe it. <laughs> and so they're like fighting Malabog and they, they take down one Fomorian and already their paladin is he's like Magically disfigured because that's the Fomorian evil eye curse thing. Saphir, the rogue, is also getting disfigured because he... So they both have half speed. They both roll with disadvantage and the Fomorians are fucking them up. And they're dealing like, I don't know, 40 psychic damage around. Jesus. (laughs) And they're like, okay, we got this. And all of a sudden the green dragon lands on top of the open area that they're in and it just gives this huge bellow. And so Malibu's like, cool, I can dip out now. And he uses his artifact that he has to teleport. And so one of my players says, no, I'm going to seventh level counterspell it. Okay. So I'm over here like, I don't know if you guys knew this, but that was me trying to help you. <laughs> oh, no. Because you now have an ancient dragon. Oh, no. Four Fomorian warriors, one of them is a king. Oh, my God. Two Cyclopses, one of them who hasn't been killed yet, and an... And an earth elemental too in the midst did you get my players <laughs> did my players go over to your house so what's great is that it feels very reminiscent of what you were dealing with a while ago yeah um, except for, they for, were more spread out and had whole structures between them yeah y'all are in a field <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just in a castle we're in a throne room castle <laughs> that's what's going on right now and what's great is that I got plans for the plan. Is that I had- where you ended it? Yeah, I ended it with her counterspelling him. And then it's like, well, that's where we got to stop right now. Because, like, the dragon lands and you guys are just kind of there. <laughs> but my, it's My like- head is on the mic, listeners. <laughs> I'm just... I'll be down here. So um, I'm going to talk to you about what happens next. Oh, my God. <laughs> Later, uh, for sake of spoilers for my players who are listening. Spencer. So <laughs> Spencer, look at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a fun moment, though. It was very, uh, like, epic kind of scene. Now I know how it feels when I talked earlier last year. <laughs> like, I, I, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's going right. to be great. All right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, like I said, mine, mine was non-existent. I'm play tomorrow. Hopefully, I think. Mm-hmm. Should be. Cool. We'll keep going with this, you know, rise. No, what am I doing? Storm King's Thunder. Mm-hmm. Words are hard. 
I know. I've only had two large cups of coffee. <laughs> I need more. Um, well, let's go over into our broadsheets, which isn't really news at all, but I thought it'd be a fun little thing because it is January 1st today that we're recording. Happy Happy New Year's! Happy Happy New Year! And uh, Wizards put out a really cool tweet yesterday that said, It's the year of double crit! What are your D&D resolutions, adventurers? Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd go through and read a couple of these because there were some really good ones that I liked. For instance, uh, Keith Amon, uh, who we've uh, featured on the show with his book, uh, The Monsters Know What They're Doing. Yeah. Uh, he said, To finish a published adventure... Fingers crossed. <laughs> Keith, if big you're mood. listening, big, that's big mood. Also, good luck. It, it, it feels really good when you finally do it. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> like, I straight up posted on Instagram a whole just cheesy thing of me closing the book. Yeah. <laughs> I liked nice. that one. Yeah. That was good. That was that was fun. <laughs> I didn't do that when I finished Dragon Heist. I just went, oh, God, now what am I going to do? <laughs> Um, uh, let's see, uh, at Miss Rita J, uh, said DM for the first time. My players are first timers as well, so it should be fun. Yeah. Oh always. my God, that's so fun. Yeah. I'm always, I, I'm always up for people DMing for the first time. Yeah. Like, even if you've never played D&D before, just do it. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Uh, let's see, uh, at D20 underscore simulator said, wouldn't mind being a player instead of a dungeon master. Oh, I get that. Yeah. I I know there's a lot of things get thrown around. It's like, I'm a forever DM, but like, I'm not always upset about that. I know. I also really like DMing, but I also really enjoy playing characters. My only issue is that I have to come up with characters that I want to play. Yeah. So, because hilariously, the past few one shots that we've done, everyone's like, okay, uh, quick, just let's make quick characters. Mm-hmm. I'm over here like, Oh, what the yeah what do I, I don't yeah my problem with being a player is that i have to that i have to make a character that a dm will allow <laughs> because i'm always just he's like i can make an npc whatever i want they're secretly a god fuck it whatever yeah um but no, yeah like, now you're a player yeah like i will never forget coming up to uh one of my old dms with four pages of backstory for how an actual man from ireland was in his dnd <laughs> world and i went no no i got i got a device also, he has a level 20 magic item on him, but he doesn't use it because he can't use it yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, let's see. Uh, at Platinum Toe. <laughs> cool. Good name. Uh, says, get as many people into D&D as possible and have lots of fun with my group. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yes. Get more people in. You can have them listen to a D&D show, maybe. Um, <laughs> at Pure Evil. <laughs> I like these names. This is a great one. Uh, it says to play for the first time this year. Mm. Do it. Just, 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 just do it. Do it. Get a shile above. Do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, at Steve Coterell three uh, said, get a game going. Period. That's it. Period. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> he got the step one going, but now he's got to, you know, like bring it. To completion. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, at uh, what is this? Sembiona? Sembiona? I don't know how to say your name. Nice. Uh, to play an, an official Dragonlance Five E adventure. That is um, some high hopes right oh, there. Oh yeah. You should play some freaking Panic at the Disco high hopes <laughs> for that one, man. Uh, <laughs> I like I like this one. Uh, this is uh at LC El- Cool. Uh, said get to level ten. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that that is, for some people, that's a struggle. You know what? That's going to be a future topic that I want to bring up is higher levels and playing at them because that's so, something a lot of people don't get to do. So, surprisingly, somebody, somebody put out a tweet recently. It's like, uh, what are your favorite tiers? To I think it was either player DM. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but like mine's the same for both, and it was uh, five to ten. Mm-hmm. It's hands down, my favorite, and like it was an overwhelming uh, answer poll for that. Too. Yeah. Like, it's like you don't really actually get to play your character at levels one through three mm-hmm. for most of them at least um and then like after level 10 is when the dm really has to buckle down and try to like he has to do a lot more work than before whereas like five through ten you could play as is rules written and it's like you're fine and everything is great mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the the levels, like, we did that one last year that was level 17. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like it went fine. It went much better than the fourth edition attempt of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, it, it gets to an interesting point where it's, like, five through ten. It's, like, all right, I feel comfortable. 
And then uh, eventually you get higher up in the levels and you're like, I have so many options on my turn. Yeah. Like, what spell do I use that? Oh, God. So there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be an interesting topic for another one. But mm-hmm. yeah, but most of the other ones are just kind of repeating the same. But I I thought those were a good way to look at it. And, you know, Dusty and I talked about our our, our game resolutions yeah. last time. <laughs> but I think, like, for me, like, if I had a and d resolution, um, I don't know. I don't know what mine would be. Mine's published on the DMs Guild. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Ditto, because I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, we, we both have ideas for DMs Guild stuff. So yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe that will happen. And I've heard you, you you write a bit, so I'm sure you can do something there. It's, yeah, it's a very different kind of writing, though. <laughs> I know, but I feel like you can you can hunker down and figure it out. Like, I, I did at one point sit down with Scrivener, and I'm like, I shall write an adventure. And I went, Ah, <laughs> I don't. You can't do dialogue. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dialogue is just text boxes. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're getting into that. Just to stamp me. Um. <laughs> um. But yeah. So that that will that will move out of our broadsheets and we'll we'll go into some dungeon keeping, which is a repeat of the last few ones. Tyranny of dragons review is coming. Tyranny of dragons. Yeah, we're. Uh, do we... you like Tiamat? Do you, sir? Do She's you? She's just a five-headed dragon. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I would really love to play Rise of Tiamat, but from the angle that Tiamat's already risen, but is just trying to run for mayor. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the like the adventurers just show up in like some Joshmo town, and then like there's a person with five dragon heads, and it's just like, <laughs> now listen here. But they're all paper mache. They're not like crazy no, 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 armor. no, no. I mean like literal, like they are. Oh, just like literally yeah, yeah, five yeah. dragon heads. And she's just like medium size. It's like, <laughs> listen, I've tried taking over this world uh, with violence. I'm going political now. <laughs> um, she kisses five babies at once. <laughs> yeah. That'd that, be great. I would, I, you know what? We're going to have a sequel to Rise of Tiamat <laughs> this year. Uh, but yeah, that's coming in two episodes. Episode 31 is going to be our review. Yeah. Send in your questions, your reviews, your thoughts, your concerns, your worries. Well, maybe not that one. I mean, well, maybe, you know, yeah. maybe, yeah. Do you have any so, worries about playing or running in yeah. Tyranny of Dragons? Yeah, as long as it's Tyranny of Dragons. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're worried about your car breaking down, I don't know. That's, I mean, we might we, be We're not it. a mechanic. We're not. I'm, I, I have a guy. I take it to him. I go, it makes weird noise. Yeah. And if it's not a dragon noise, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so send those in. And uh, yeah, we'll do that in two episodes. I'm a guy. Yeah. Um, so, first topic. Yes. <sighs> Yeah, there's a there's a really big problem with DMs killing players' families. <laughs> there is not, not the real families. No, 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 no. The They're PC, yeah, yeah, the, the PC families. Um, I want I brought this topic to the table because I actually have been seeing it all over Twitter recently about how people constantly choose the lonely orphan adventurer path mm-hmm. because the one time that they did decide to have a happy go lucky family, the DM used that as murder plot Mm -hmm. and like on one hand when you get to be such a higher level you kind of run out of ideas of of conflict and so what's a great easy conflict just boom your family's murdered boom which sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you have no agency over that that's pretty much the dm taking over your backstory and saying it doesn't matter because they're murdered. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, who murdered them? It's like, oh, it was this, uh, what level are you guys? 13? It was this crazy lich. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, wow, sure. <laughs> You're afraid of the lich. <laughs> it's a scary lich. Because it's like, oh, yeah, your family was murdered by a bunch of bandits while they're on the road. It's like, uh, let's just murder the bandits. Yeah. <laughs> You're adventurers. If you're level two, you can handle a whole ruffian of bandits. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I mean, I... I I told this story before the the character I made for your game who had a family yeah and your whole group went what yeah and like <laughs> the thing is is that like if you, if we had kept playing that character and you had ever like killed their family he just would have left he just would have quit oh yeah he would have just been depressed and walked away and like that that's the thing like I I think I would do that though in any game if I, my player had a if my character had a family and they got killed I would just have them leave the game <laughs> just to be like well you lost that one yeah <laughs> and like there are so many ways to go about creating conflict or tension using a character's backstory of their family yeah. without 
murdering them. And yeah. that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Yeah. Several options that we can embrace or even like if it did come down to murdering them, how we can maybe get away from that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. I, I mean, like there is always the thing of like why Spider-Man has a secret identity so that the villains don't go after the people he loves. Yeah. I get it. It's I mean, a thing. That's literally what happened to my paladin. He has a family. They literally just reconnected, but they've been in exile because his murderous mother wants to kill someone in his bloodline mm-hmm. and he has kids. So he needs to keep them in hiding, but they're well and fine. They've been hiding this entire time. Yeah. That is not the conflict at hand. Mm-hmm. The conflict at hand was that he couldn't see them. Yeah. Funny enough, the player just realized um, just last session that he could use Dream to talk to his kids. Mm-hmm. So he's been talking to the bard being like, hey, if you have any spell slots left, can I talk Aww. to my kids? And the bard's like, hell yeah. Oh. Go to sleep, motherfucker. We're talking to your kids. <laughs> it's a much less depressing version of Hartman from uh, freaking Death Stranding. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was just like such a cool idea that I didn't think of either. And it's like, Oh, that's awesome. But yeah. So it's, (sighs) it's hard to start this one because there's so many things I can talk about. But I remember one of my friends telling me that there's only a couple reasons why an adventurer would be an adventurer. One of them is that they're crazy. The other one is that they have nothing left to lose. And I Mm want to propose that's wrong. And I did argue with my friend about that for quite some time. Well, like my, my, counter to that is from real life yeah how many like historical explorers had families brought kids with them yeah. on explorations of tombs and shit exactly i'm not saying they're not crazy <laughs> but it doesn't mean that they are alone in the world mm. and are Geralt of rivia pre-dandelion uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just you know fuck mm. <laughs> <laughs> like the, I, I don't think you have to have a player, a character. I keep saying player. You don't have to keep having a character that's just everything is fucked and terrible and I hate shit and everyone so I know So that's why I'm going dies. on an adventure. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, you can totally have a character that does have a loving family mm-hmm. and you feel like you want to do more in the world. Yeah. You feel like because you have a mom and dad and you're a bard singing at the tavern literally night after night. Maybe you've killed, like, a random goblin who came into town and you're like, oh, shit, with my mind, I'm a bard, I guess. And so, because that's how bards happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you you insult them too much and they die. <laughs> I, I also like the idea of, like, an adventurer that's kind of like a trucker where he's, he's like, all right, I'll go on this adventure, but I got to get back to my village in, like, five months. Oh, my God. I would love... <laughs> because <laughs> then it's like every five months you go back home yeah <laughs> he just hangs out for like three weeks with his family and mm-hmm. then like comes back and it would be so cool because as you get leveled up you'd be able to get better access to better spells yeah be like hey yo can we like teleport home for like a hot minute yeah <laughs> we'll we'll feed you don't worry we'll have a long rest <laughs> he has like the medieval version of a trucker hat <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. His, his belt has his mud flaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I want to make this character. I know. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's like there's plenty of reasons that you don't have to be the orphan adventurer. Yeah. I mean, you can. Those are fun because, like, you know, you can grit your own reasonings. Well, but the, the the main thing that I like, I I had a friend that always did that. Like, every character ended up in some way sounding like the Punisher. <laughs> yeah. And. All, all I did, though, is, like, when we started a new campaign, I was just like, hey, I want to challenge you, and I I want that challenge to be for you not to make that character. And it wasn't me being like, I hate that character, or I wish you'd stop playing. It was just like, I, I think you should challenge yourself yeah. to play something different. Yeah. And, and I know that, you know, me being a DM, like, I get to do different things with NPCs a lot more often yeah. than players get to do with their characters. It, but that's also what I try to do with my characters is do is when I do get to make a character is to make one that I'm like, this is different. Like the rogue that yeah. I made for uh, uh, Wiz's second edition Oh game. my God, I'm so excited for those characters. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I've never played a rogue. I want him to be a retired thief. And, like, I, I haven't made this character before and I want to see how I would play it. Oh my God, yeah, in Pathfinder... Her entire family is alive and well. 
Oh yeah, Literally I didn't know that. In the city, living, prospering. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, Wait, no. that's that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's just a ruffian kid who like wanted to get in trouble when she was younger, got scolded for it. Wait, aren't you the ancient elf? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, it's been a while. Been a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, now we're gonna get claimed or some shit. Um, <laughs> but it's like you can totally make characters that aren't that but i understand the hesitancy with a lot of dms yes that's the thing i wanted to transition over to yeah. is hey dms let me let me, let me talk in here real quick <laughs> i think it gets sultry <laughs> you you can mess with your players so hard without killing their whole family oh my God. <laughs> like yes so hard and it has nothing to do with that and like the my my, my thing with it is I, I guess it's because the normally the villains that I go for is I rarely have a villain who's so invested with the heroes that they would go to do that. Yeah. And or or even care. Like most of my villains treat the PCs as nothing. Yeah. Like they are nothing in their way. They they have like the arrogance of General Hux and freaking Last Jedi is like, oh no, it doesn't matter. We'll <laughs> just let them go off and we'll take them eventually. Um <laughs> It's uh, like I I never had a villain that I can think of who is that heavily invested in my players' characters that they would go after their family. Yeah, it's like I mean, hilariously enough, I literally have a villain that is family. And yeah, is no, invested, I was going to bring that up. How you went the other way? Distracted. He doesn't give a shit about these PCs because yeah. he's got goals. Yeah, <laughs> he's got resolutions that he wants to bring to fruition. Yeah, and we, and we talked <laughs> we talked about that in the villain episode. How yeah. it's like having your villain have a motivation that isn't your players is is interesting. It's the same thing with like. Batman and everything like yeah. that were like that's why the villains were more interesting than Batman because they had their own goals they had their own motivations yeah and you knew more really you knew more about them than Bruce Wayne exactly and so if you end up <laughs> murdering the PC's family it ends up being a non-villain thing yeah and so it ends up feeling really just lackluster and mm -hmm. empty and hollow. Yeah. It's like, wow. So you, my family's killed off for like no real reason. Well, and, and like, I think there's a perception that um, killing off a family or a loved one uh, will like give the Punisher motivation. And my thing for that is like, not everyone is Punisher. Yeah. Like, like there's plenty of, of people who like, let, let, let's go back to the Marvel thing. So Frank Castle's family gets murdered. Yes. And he's like, well, I know how to kill people really well. I've got a particular set of skills. Yeah. Like th <laughs> this dude puts freaking Liam Neeson to shame. Yeah. And he just freaking goes balls to wall. No mask, no nothing. Just killing them. Um, Spider-Man. Gwen Stacy dies. Yep. Straight depression. Yeah. Like there's a ver I know there's a ver I can't remember what it is. There's a version of it where he stops being Spider-Man for a long time because oh, yeah. of that. And that's the thing. Like there you're not you can't expect every player to become the Punisher. And if they do become the Punisher, in my opinion that's ruining whatever like character growth they might be having at the time where it's like if you if you then want to have anything develop with your villain if they're punisher they don't talk they don't talk they no. will not talk to your villain yeah you will not get a monologue they will just murder it they will just go in there the story will be halted because their character was changed so much yeah so dramatically and it wasn't in their what's the word uh Oh, God, I can't remember the word right now. Agency. Agency. There we go. It wasn't the player's agency to change the I would, character. I was of no help with that. I, I know. was like, words? What are they? <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't of the player's agent, like, action. It wasn't their choice to yeah. change their characters at that point. Yeah. Which and, is a bummer. And, like, again, it's just okay to have family. It doesn't have to be anything. Like, I made, I, I had that character that had a family. I had no reason for it i just thought it was a cool little backstory thing mm -hmm. and especially since i knew i wasn't going to be in it for a long time your game was set in neverwinter yeah so why like i was a neverwinter guard why wouldn't i have a family yeah you're like cops have families you weren't a mercenary you were a neverwinter guard yeah <laughs> but but i understand like you know if you do if you are like the mercenary character or the wanderer character like yeah you might be like oh why would i have a family but i think like what I was saying with my buddy back there is like challenge yourself with that. Mm -hmm. See what you can do. But yeah, if you do have a DM, 
that is just murder happy, which is really funny that a lot of DMs call players murder hobos, when I would be like, maybe oh. you should turn that screen around. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've heard so many horror stories. Again, don't go to our RPG horror story. It is it is a nightmare scape. One of these days I'm going to have to. Like, it, it, like just the some DMs just murdering NPCs characters for no reason whatsoever. Mm. And it's like, eh, come on. That's not great. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot you can do with families and a backstory that doesn't involve everybody dead. So let's talk about it from the DM's perspective as far as things you can do with the family to encourage uh, uh, plot uh, movement and conflict. Oh, um, leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> like, I think that, like, honestly, that'd just be my, or like, you get a letter from your family. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, uh, like going with that trucker idea. Like, it'd be cool if you got a letter from the family that oh was just God. like, hey, the winter was really hard. Like, we're down on money. Mm-hmm. And like you were just kind of pulling, is like, are you gonna keep going? Are you gonna that go way? home early? <laughs> or are you gonna go back home now? Yeah. Like I think doing stuff like that is more interesting and and pulls on more morals and feelings than they're dead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it gets a letter. We died. <laughs> Blood mark. <laughs> <laughs> Who sent it? How did they pay for it? Hit the postage. <laughs> did the bad guy just like, all right, well, I may as well finish this up. Just puts a flourish on it. <laughs> <laughs> like another good classic one is straight up like your younger brother or cousin or your uncle got into trouble. Yeah. You have the choice of either busting them out or turning them in. Yeah. It's like. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it, it creates a character possible building moment without robbing them of that chance. And the, also using their backstory. Yeah. The the other one, the other quick example I like is uh, C-Team with Rosie B. Stinger just having all of these children. Yeah. And all this family. Like <laughs> Pat Rothfuss plays her son. <laughs> and like them together is just so joyful. <laughs> It's oh my god! I just love it. You mm-hmm. should go listen to it. Um, but yeah, yeah. You got like, anything else to add on that one? Not really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like final words is if you are going to use their backstory in terms of relating to their family, give them a chance to build their character on their own. Yeah, don't take that chance from them. Yeah, work with them. Yeah, do it. Uh, all right, well, let's go over to our DMs Guild Spotlight. Uh, full disclosure: this uh, this adventure was provided to us for free uh it's by joshua vargo who we featured a while ago yeah thank you uh yeah thank you for this um and uh yeah it's one that i we've had in the library for a little while and i finally got a chance to sit down and read it and i do really like it um it's uh it's called the deep one so it's got a lot of cthulhu (laughs) shit in it a lot of words a lot of names that you're like how do you what is it it's a fadabadada uh, um so it uh it's it's a it says on the cover that it is an eight hour adventure uh nice. for three to six players of eighth level and that was one of the main reasons why i want to feature it there's not a lot of adventures That's at like that level a beautiful like golden ratio you've got the just the right amount of yeah. players you got just the right levels and <laughs> and i do really like this one it is it is a little short uh it, it kind of goes from zero to 60 oh. um <laughs> Like I was, I was reading the synopsis, and I was like, "Okay." And then they go there, and then oh, 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 okay, oh, all right, all well, right, cool. What's cool is that if you think about like the Call of Cthulhu games, it's like those get so bad, so fast. Yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> it, in, in my opinion, it does go a little further up to the zero to sixty than um Ben's recent video. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the Puffin Force one about like the the bugs yes. that were like killing everything. Yeah, you were in that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes a little bit further than that, <laughs> where I was like, oh, okay. Um, but it it it's got stat blocks and it's got some good uh world building and stuff awesome. in it. I really liked it. Um so uh so yeah, and I believe if I remember correctly, uh Joshua told me uh when we were DMing that uh he and his son actually worked on this. Oh, that's so cool. Um so and I actually I think his son may have been the one that mainly came up with the idea for it. And I thought that was such a cool thing that like father and son working on D oh adventures. That's that's wholesome. It's wholesome that is, as hell. That's nice. <laughs> uh so yeah, go check that out. It is the deep one by Joshua Vargo, and uh we'll tweet that out like normal. But I uh, highly recommend it. It's four ninety five, which I think is 
very For reasonable. Like an eight hour adventure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm really liking these mini adventures like this and uh, Murder on the Eberron Express and stuff like that. Did I, you hear Murder on the Eberron Express went like platinum or diamond or something? Oh, like that. It nice. went like a crazy high amount of sales. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so go, go give some go give Joshua some love and check out this really cool adventure. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, uh, topic number two, D&D Beyond. Yeah. Very disconjointed from the first topic. Yeah. But you know what? It's one I've been wanting to talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, some some reference here for, for you listeners. I've been using D&D Beyond now for like over a year. Mm-hmm. And you have very, you have sm- some Personal with it. usage, probably a total time of like three hours. Oh, okay. okay. Personally. Yeah. My players all use them now. Oh, really? Three of them do, yeah. Okay. But uh, me personally, no. So what is your perception right now of D&D Beyond? Oh, oh, oh first, want to say, just like I did in the, the DMs, <laughs> this is not sponsored not in sponsored. any way. <laughs> we are not getting money from them. Can that you imagine? Be, that would be awesome. <laughs> but no, right now we are not getting any money mm. from them. That may change in the future. Maybe, please, Linda, I love you. Um, <laughs> but... Um, no, this is this is something I've been wanting to talk about because I've been using it for so long, and I think that um, there's not as many good like explanations of it and stuff like that. So I, I just want to talk about it real quick. So, yeah. anywho, what's your perception of D and D Beyond? Okay, so every time I use it, I get a little frustrated. Okay, and then if I use it a little bit more, I get more frustrated. So then I just end <laughs> up stop using it, and then I just go back to my pen and paper because. Everything that I would try to do on there, it doesn't quite work out for me. And plus, I have ways that I like how my character sheet is set up mm-hmm. so much. And that's Especially seeing with all it. the burn marks. Oh, God, I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and just like seeing everything all scrambled like that really jars me. And mm-hmm. it's like I can't figure out what it i can't read it easily yeah that's my biggest problem i think i get that especially when it comes to the spells which i know people love it for the oh, spells yeah. but i'm over here like no <laughs> it doesn't make any like why do that way that's just so much more writing when you could just easily just know it and so it's like but i'll come over here coming from purely pen and paper mm-hmm. i didn't start with D beyond i didn't start with electronic pdfs or anything like that i was just like well i'm i've even made my own character sheets because we couldn't print one out <laughs> oh yeah i remember that yeah so it's like there, there's certain character sheets too that I just refuse to use. Like I think the Adventures League one splits up the skills into the ability scores instead of just keeping them alphabetical. That drives me nuts. <laughs> I can't use a character sheet that way because I constantly forget like where the hell's perception, like where's insight. I keep thinking insight's charisma, but it's not. <laughs> so I can never find it. And so just, and then I built a few characters and the process to build a character it seems a lot of I will I will give you this the I do think that the actual character creation needs a little bit of a touch up yeah because I know what I'm looking for now yeah but I've even made characters like within the last few months and gone oh I forgot to give them spells because <laughs> it's in the same page as something you wouldn't expect it to be yeah. under a drop menu not to mention like I've made a character, and then in order to give him the thing that I wanted, I had to go buy it. Okay, so yeah, that that is that is a thing. It is the the purchasing of stuff. Yeah, like that's I get that. Yeah, but it's kind of like and <sighs> I, and I know that a lot of one of the main complaints that I see online is well, why if I buy the book can't I get the thing? Because it's and two completely it is, separate yes. things. And the, and I don't think they do a good enough job of explaining that. Yeah, because because it has the D and D logo as we know it on there. A lot of people think that this is Wizards of the Coast. This is not. Yeah, this is a f- completely separate company that has purchased the license to make this stuff mm-hmm. and is partnered with them. But no money that a book sell like, sells for does this company see. Yeah. So if they were to put codes in there. It would either make the book more expensive, <laughs> yeah, or this company would go under in six months. Yeah, it, you wouldn't be able to sustain that kind of model. Yeah. Um, now my side of it, I I was intrigued by D and D Beyond from the get go, but that's because I had the I got misinformation. Oh, um, I was told not by them. This was by someone else, and I later reamed Third them party. for this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, was that. 
it was going to be a subscription-based service where you had different tiers of subscription, which let you have access to books. Oh. So, like, if you did the base tier one, you got access to the Player's Guide, Monster Manual, and Dungeon Master oh, Guide. that would be so nice. But, yeah, but then when I really thought about it, I'm just like, ah, it doesn't work as well, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, think, how long does a game last for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it would almost be a harder sell and, like, continuous thing. Um, so, yeah, I was like, mm, that's weird. I don't know about this now. I don't want to pay double for stuff. And it wasn't until... Um, I did the Skype game that I really started looking into D&D Beyond and found that, oh, I actually really like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do like this in and knowing full well that I am paying extra. Mm-hmm. And I'm paying extra for the, the um, what word am I looking for? We're having trouble with words today. It's that the convenience. Yeah, the convenience. I am paying extra for the convenience. But now where I'm at, the convenience outweighs the cost for me. Ah. And like I I see myself using D&D Beyond from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um like we we're we have the the Tome of Delving which I am going to use for my next D&D character which might be in Spencer's game. Uh but like I have Yarvum in your game on my phone. Yeah. He will stay on this phone. <laughs> I'm never going to write him out because I love having the sheet on here. Um and I've purchased the player's handbook, the monster manual and the dungeon master's guide. Um, and then I've purchased things here and there. Like piecemeal from campaign and, stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing that I really like is that you can piecemeal shit. Like iTunes. Instead of buying the whole album, you can just buy a few yeah. songs. And, it, and what's funny is it's like $1.99 for most stuff too, which I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Like if you only wanted the, the core, like, starter rule book thing where it only gives you like human elf and dwarf race mm-hmm. and it's like well if i want a feat for my human like fighter oh i can just pay a dollar 99 for yeah. a feat and yeah. then i'm good um and then that's that's what i started with like I, I i didn't outright buy a lot of stuff i've been just slowly getting it as we've been going yeah like when we first made characters for golden pals i had the book sitting with me and I was showing them on the on the <laughs> camera, but then when they picked it, I went and purchased it on D and D Beyond. Yeah, and so all of my players use D and D Beyond. But the cool thing about that that I really like is if you do do the subscription, which is like five bucks a month, you you have the DM level, mm-hmm. and what it does is it lets you share it with everyone. Yeah, that's, that's really the nice key thing for me. Yeah, is the fact that any one of my players, I send them an invite link. They click on it, they have their account, they make a character in my campaign. That character has access to everything I've ever purchased. Yeah. And I absolutely adore that about this. The the other thing that I really love that like right now, I, I'm on the DD Beyond website. I'm gonna go to my campaigns. I'm gonna go over to Golden Pals. Uh and I can now look at any one of their sheets. Mm-hmm. So like Elora, my sister's character, I can click on her and go in and look at all the stuff that she has, but I can also add to it. So if I give her a magic item, I can go in, type it in and add it to it right. and just go there and it will immediately pop up on her phone. I will say that's probably one of the coolest things that I've encountered as a DM for my players who mm-hmm. are using D&D Beyond is that I've given... Like, Saphir, it's like, okay, you now have this companion. He's like, oh, is it this character? And it's like, yeah, it's that, it's that monster stat. He's like, cool, I've attached it to my character, so that way now I have this stat block right in front yep. of me. It's like, okay, cool, and you're getting this magical weapon. It's like, oh, is it spelled like this? I'm like, yeah. He's like, cool, I have all the information right here. Yep. I'm like, that's really neat. Because, one, that cuts down on my work. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't have to, like, jot down this creature's technical information. Mm-hmm. And I well, don't have to write down, like, a magic item card. <laughs> like, uh, Elora just became a, um, because of the the change with the Artificer, mm-hmm. She ha- uh, she's the Battlesmith now. With the Iron Defender? Yeah. Yeah. And it has the Steel Defender right here. I click on it. It has the entire stat block. Yeah. And my favorite thing, it calculates its hit points. So it doesn't have what the book has where it's like, it's this plus this plus this. It just does it for you. It just does it for you. That's nice. Um, And there's so, like in the spells, like I know how you were talking about that you didn't like how they were, but I love the fact that you can just hover over any spell and it shows you what it does. Like even in a monster stat block, Mm -hmm. like on a lich, they have that freaking 
paragraph of spells. Yeah. You hover over it and it shows you the spell. Yeah. See, like that right there is nice as the hyperlinks. Oh, the hyperlink. I will oh, my say God. probably the number one thing that I will definitely appreciate about DMs Guild every time I even glance on it is the hyperlinks. <laughs> the, the, the D&D weave of magic is made of hyperlinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, something that I've actually encountered a few problems with is actually multiclassing. And I don't okay. know if they've ever like approached saying like we're still working on it or if maybe the player who's done it maybe did it wrong way or something i i have one character made that i multi-class and i had no problem with it because right now i have a character that is level one cleric but then like level 12 bard mm-hmm. and so like it should be like looking at as the book this is what you should have but then you're looking at D beyond and he's pretty much transferred everything over and it's not that at all mm, interesting like the spell slots itself and they're saying that he can't choose a cleric spell at a higher level spell level than a level one cleric could mm. even though the rules say yeah. you totally can as long as you have a spell slot for it i i i don't know i will yeah. i'm gonna look into that now afterwards because now i'm curious yeah but i i will say that DD beyond is not perfect yeah like i already said like i don't really like how their character creation is because i'm I've never been able to just sit a new person to D&D down and have them make a character. I I sit there with them and explain what we're doing. Yeah. And ideally for me, that wouldn't need to be a thing. Yeah. Because this is a program, because it is in the web browser and everything like that, I feel like it should, there should be no excuse for it not to help a new player do it. Can you imagine if it came with like, like a pop-up tutorial option. Oh my God. Where it's that would... like you get onto the first page and a little pop-up says, this is your ability scores. Yeah. Strength represents this. Well, and even like, like... The, the hyperlinks, like if I could hover over strength and explain what strength is, yeah, that would be great. Um, but with the multi-classing, everything like that, it's not perfect. Even with, even with uh, my sister's steel defender, it wasn't there for a week or something like that yeah. after Eberron came out. And, but the thing that I will totally give this company props for I tweeted at them and they responded to me in like three hours. Oh my God. Yeah. No, their customer service is amazing. The d Beyond Twitter account might be one of the best Twitter accounts I've ever yeah. uh, interacted with or watched. They are fantastic. Yeah. And so I have that. That's one. That's another reason why I keep coming back to them is because it's good people making this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I've loved using it. But not just for the player side, but I've actually started using it for the DM side because I had the monsters. Yeah. And I've been using the monsters on my phone at the bookstore almost since the get-go. Yeah. And not having to worry about having a juggling the monster manual under the small I've part done of that the juggle. table I have yeah. and everything like that has been so nice. And I can bookmark them and I can create folders for encounters. That's cool. Uh, now it even has a encounter builder. Oh yeah, you, wasn't that like an in beta a few months it, ago? It's still in beta right yeah. now, uh, but you can go in, set how many players you have, what level they're at, and so then they, throw in monsters, and it'll show you a difficulty. They do the Xanathar's Guide math for you. Yeah, that's neat. But then you can save it mm-hmm. and bring it up in the browser later, and it'll have all that's the neat. stats there for you. See, like I can imagine how that's super, super helpful. Mm-hmm. However, for people like me that DM on the seat of my pants and I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Oh yeah, no. Oh my god, so many times now we're like. I've I put a monster in and I'm like, I don't even know this. And I type in something vaguely like it and it brings something up. I'm like, I'm using those stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of like one of my, my issues right now, too, is that I don't know. What my, I was expecting a whole different fight for next for mm-hmm. today. Yeah. We're recording on Wednesday, which is when I usually play. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting a totally different fight today. However, they decided to stay in the castle. So now I have to figure out a different thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, the the other thing that I I did um, is I bought the Storm King's Thunder campaign book on D&D Beyond while also already having it in print. Yeah. And I will say that I, I like I got that on sale. Um, and I'm glad that I did because I'm not going to be using it as the main thing I'm doing. And I don't use it as when I'm prepping. Mm-hmm. I love having the book to prep. Yeah. I love my sticky notes. I've talked about this. <laughs> but when I'm out and about, I can open it, take a look at what I'm doing. Like if I'm if I'm just somewhere, I'm like, oh, you know what? I want to read 
just a little bit while I'm waiting yeah. for something, I can bring it up and read there. I can also, one of my favorite things is it has all the maps and it has them all player version too. That's nice. So I can actually go in, grab the map and drop it down into our chat. Mm-hmm. So it's... And that's like the component, the, the, the fight for D&D Beyond versus just getting the PDF of the book mm-hmm. is because one, I mentioned before, the hyperlinks. Oh my God, yeah. If you're in the table of contents, you can click on one of those things. If there's a barbarian that does come up in Sword Kami's Thunder, you can just hover over it and it'll be like, oh, hey, this is what the barbarian is. Yeah. Whereas opposed to it's like, oh, hey, three barbarians and one barbarian chieftain and one shaman comes up and you're like, okay, these are all bolded. So I have to go to the back of the book. And if you're in a PDF, you're going to be juggling a lot. Yeah. So it's like, but with the D&D Beyond, it's totally easier handling books because of the hyperlinks. It is. And like, I know the the pricing is good on some of them, mm-hmm. but on a few of them, like, that's a little too high just for my taste. Uh, like I'm looking at right now, Tomb of Annihilation is $24.99, which is half the price of the book. Okay. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Um And... Uh, but then Baldur's Gate Descent to Avernus is thirty. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'd pay that for that one. And and it's and it's not that the content isn't good. It's just I have the book and it would be a backup thing. Yeah, it would be something that I can get the maps from. It's something that I can so- consult quickly if yeah. I know in my head what I'm looking for and don't want to thumb through the book. I can just search yeah. through the the phone app. The phone app is another thing that's just phenomenal. But it's it's stuff like that where it's like it's not perfect, but I mm-hmm. I see myself using D and D Beyond for like the grand foreseeable future. Yeah, and I mean like if because we already have one friend that we're skyping in essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, if another person does, then I just might really try to devote into it. Mm-hmm. But right now, I one I don't have the funds, but two yeah. it's like and and, that, and that's the thing like that the money part of it is the blocker to it yeah. and i understand that because it's basically it, not basically it is asking you to buy the stuff again yeah which is why i'm pretty much piggybacking off of you right now yeah. <laughs> but the i i think that the work that goes into it and the convenience that it gives you is worth the price most of the time yeah um but yeah i i like i do really like this program i think that it does need to get better Mm-hmm. Um, but I say that and I know that it is because they are very upfront with what they're building. Like, yeah, they are talking about doing like you could plan your whole campaign in it. Uh, you, uh, they're going to have a virtual dice roller, the character creator and uh character sheets going to be on the app soon, That's awesome. which is still weird that it wasn't there from the get go. Yeah. But the fact that it's like all the compendium stuff and everything like that, and I can just quick search magic items like i love that i've been out and about arguing with someone about a monster and i just go here are its stats (laughs) (laughs) yeah or we or like you and i have talked about like magic items and i'm like wait let me take a look at it real quick yeah and that sort of convenience is really nice because if if you google these stats like you don't always get the right ones or you get like a homebrew version or something like that it's like this is the official one this is where it is yeah but I, I'm over the moon with it. I, I know it needs work, but I'm, with the exception of, like, Tome of Delving and books like that that, like, have really dedicated space to your character. Yeah. I'm probably always going to use D&D Beyond now because it's, I, I just, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my review. I love it. <laughs> my review is I'm lukewarm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that's fine. And and I get, that was kind of the main reason I want to talk about is I know that people are lukewarm on it. Yeah. Um, I, I do like, like I said, if more of my players want to get into it, I will give it a bit more of a shot, but right mm-hmm. now, not for me. And, and I do think that there is a conversation to be had at some tables where it's like, okay, I'm going to do the, the DM subscription, but if, everyone pitched in for stuff yeah. that would make it a lot easier. Oh yeah. If you've got five players at a table, suddenly 50 bucks is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. They have ridiculous bundles like the legendary bundle, which is normally priced at $632, but is everything. Yeah. But uh, they give you a 15, uh, it says all release source books and adventures and a 50% discount on all future source books and adventures. That's nice. Right now, like it's discounted to 384 
Oh, because of my previously purchased content, I uh-huh. guess? <laughs> um, yeah, like that's something that my players have actually talked about with me. It's like, hey, would you guys want to go in on like the $400 bundle? And I'm over here like, mm, I, I already have all those books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, oh my God, if you were a brand new player and you didn't have all the books... Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, if you got the Legendary Bundle, yeah, that'd... Like, if, like as a gift or something like that, that'd like, be great. Yeah. I don't... The, my my apprehension is still... I don't think I would recommend D&D Beyond to a new oh, DM gosh. or group. Yeah, I would say, like, if you've been playing for a while and you want to get into DMing mm-hmm. for a completely different group, yeah. but you know you love D&D and everything, but none of the books are yours, mm-hmm. that's a very particular person. But... Yeah. <laughs> I would recommend it for that person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got, you got any other qualms or anything with uh, D&D Beyond? Give me an option to put things in alphabetical order. <laughs> uh, g- give me options on how I want to display that character sheet. I get that. The, the, and like the character sheet on the phone is a little wonky. Like I have it up right here. Yeah. And for listener, you can't see it. Um, but like it did take me a little while to get it. But now that I have it and the fact that it's like, okay, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds. There's Cure Wounds. Yeah, it's got like, everything on there, and it's got all the math done. I can spend the spell slot. It shows me that the spell slot's used. Because okay, quick question: Can you print out these character yes. sheets? How do they print out? Um, they print out. <gasps> That's I remember now. Yeah, because you printed out for Curse of Strahd. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I don't think it's the worst. Um, I did. <laughs> one of my players. So uh, one of my players at the bookstore, she made a character. She fell in love with the character. At the table. Yeah. And so I just remake that character for every time. But I use D&D Beyond. And I print it out. And it she doesn't have any problem with it. Mm-hmm. But I do understand that your your hate for it. <laughs> like, it would be so cool if they had the common, like, character sheet at the back of the player's handbook. That they just copy-pasted all their information into that PDF. And they mm-hmm. printed it out in that form. Like, if that was an option, yeah, I would probably be more in, like faster than before <laughs> I, I i don't think that the one that they have is terrible because like i have used it for new players and old players and mm-hmm. it's gone really well uh yeah. when i did that one with my coworkers a long time ago i they were all printed off D beyond yeah i, I totally get that mm-hmm. i'm just nitpicky <laughs> <laughs> um well if uh if you listener have any questions about D beyond that i might be able to answer uh i would recommend going to their twitter account first but you can send them in a difficulty class at <laughs> yeah. gmail.com and um maybe we'll talk more about it as i keep using it and um you know we'll see what happens there yeah uh but let's go over to let's go over to a listener question uh our, our listener question today comes from henry hey henry hey henry thanks for writing in again your podcast is interesting <laughs> uh, uh henry has a podcast called uh firestarter podcast i think that's what it is isn't that what I said? I went away from it. I'm a terrible person. I should have had it up. Oh, yeah. That's the uh, Firestarters podcast. Uh, it is a podcast discussing every reference in Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Perfect. <laughs> I listened to a little bit of Henry. This is a very unique podcast. Well played. Um, but let's talk about some D&D stuff. Uh, so the question is, uh, I know you like using feats, especially Trevor. Uh, what are some of your favorite feats and what, in your opinion, are some of the more underrated feats? Oh, yeah. In my opinion, the underrated feats are all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've straight up nearly gotten into an argument. Well, I have gotten into an argument Same. with a person who is all like, oh, well, this is like such a stupid addition because the feats, they're so dumb. You don't need them. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What, what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had someone tell me to my face that if you took a feat over an ability score improvement, you're an idiot. And I'm just like, okay. Throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in the streets. Um. <laughs> I yeah I love feats. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, my favorite one is probably uh, magic adept because I love having a character that shouldn't do a spell that can do a spell. Oh, the magic initiate. Oh yeah, magic initiate. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. You combined I, the two. I was yeah I was thinking yeah, was, yeah. magic <laughs> initiate. Yeah, I like I made a bard once that could do eldritch blast, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I, I love doing stuff like that. Like I've I've done that several times. I made a cleric once that could uh, that could do stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I I think magic uh, initiate is fantastic. It's a beautiful way to customize a character. Yeah, without multi classing. Without multi classing, that is their answer to like you don't want a multi class. Well, here's this, yeah. and so it's like you it, get a random. It's a lot spell. like how second edition Pathfinder is with multi classing. Yeah, or their feats. Yeah, exactly. And I really wish that there was some more of that in fifth edition but i still do like that the feat list is so small well yeah i mean like i think in the ua that they released that they gave some feats that anyone can take that yeah. fighter uh, yeah, yeah yeah battle master feat so i was like i really like that concept mm-hmm. but this is like the the spell version of that mm-hmm. <laughs> and i love it because too if you level up because you've been hanging around with some fey bullshit <laughs> and you want to get some druid powers, mm-hmm. this is your ability chance to do so without breaking the game. Yeah. <laughs> and it's perfect and it's so cool. It's like you got this really cool staff that a dryad handed to you. That happened to me. Mm-hmm. Then you could totally just magic initiate into a whole new spell class. Yeah. And it's great because you don't have to adjust your character that hard for it. Mm-hmm. What, what, what was, what's your favorite spell? Probably Keen Mind. <laughs> you and Spencer. I know. Have you guys ever made a character that didn't have keen mind? Yes. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> so, like, I end up being the journal of the group. Yeah. Like, I, I pretty much write down everything that happens. And the first time I did it with my necromancer, Katya, she had keen mind. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted to remember literally everything. So she would write it down. And so if ever... Like, that was in character, too. And so if the DM's all like, oh, do you guys remember this uh, thing? And I'd be like, give me a minute so I can look back at my journal because I have written it down. And it'll be in character because she'll know it, too. And so I love that concept. And also the fact that you can, like, straight up. (laughs) There's you always know where north is. You always know when the sun rises or Mm -hmm. sets. Those little, like concepts are really cool to me especially like if you're making like a vampire slayer can you imagine it's like you're underground and you know when the sun goes down yeah that's sick yeah and it's like that's yeah Geralt Rivia shit exactly we watched so, Witcher a lot recently yeah we did <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's it, that feat is so neat to me and it's not game breaking at all Mm-mm. and it's a lot of fun because it's like as a DM I appreciate my players having it because they're like at a puzzle and I'm like hey um, Spencer Roland remembers this he's like Oh yeah, thank you. I the player would never have, but yeah. Roland definitely well, would. Well, that that's well, that's one thing I mechanically do remembering. Mm-hmm. That if a player is trying to remember something and they don't remember it, I will have them roll to, like a wisdom check or something yeah. to see if they remember it. But if they have that feat, I don't have them roll. Exactly. I was like, you know this. Yeah, that, I do that all the time for Spencer. Yeah, <laughs> which helps a lot, especially when it comes to like specific puzzles or hints in the story. It's mm-hmm. like, what did that person say? And I literally go back to the page, read it, the text block, because Spencer, his character who has keen mind, knows that speech word for word. Yeah, really helpful in Storm King's Thunder when a certain NPC was very wordy and was like, "Here is your prophecy," and she just spit out like four paragraphs worth of shit. Yeah. And the characters were like, we're not going to remember that. <laughs> but um, I love Keen Mind uh, personally and for as a DM. It's it's a great feat. I don't know. When you said that, I just heard, I love Lamp. <laughs> I love Lamp. Um, but yeah, uh, like, again, I will say underrated feats are all of them. Uh, but for me, uh, my underrated feat is Elemental Adept. Oh, uh, yeah. The I... I didn't know about this one because, like, no one ever talked about it. And then I read it and I went, holy shit. Because I, I was yeah. going to make a storm. I was going to make a Tempest cleric. Oh, my God. And freaking Elemental Adept. Let's fucking go. Yeah. No, that is such a good. Because I actually got Elemental Adept for my wizard. And yeah. she's just throwing flames everywhere. Like, so so for those, if you don't remember what it is, it is uh, choose one of the following types. Acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. Spells you cast ignore resistance to damage of the chosen type. <laughs> In addition, when you roll damage, if you roll one, freaking, it's a two. <laughs> or yeah. you can treat anyone on a damage die as a two. Yeah. And then there, uh, you can select this feat multiple times. Yes. Yeah. I, I could just like it's like oh I have thunder and lightning you're a you're a blue dragon <laughs> too bad yeah, exactly <laughs> no it's perfect and I love it and what's great is that you can even throw that you could weave that into your backstory oh and yeah your character's development it's like like, like I, when I read that and took that feat my my tempest cleric suddenly went from just 
I like lightning to like freaking Thor at the end of Ragnarok in my eyes. I am lightning. (laughs) (laughs) I am not the god of hammers. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. Um, For me personally, I like the observant feet. This is so underrated. I don't remember what it does. (laughs) Um. So one, it, Okay, uh, go ahead and just find it and then read it off because there's actually a lot to it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, there, I, I'm on D&D Beyond looking this up. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick to notice details of your environment. You gain the following benefits. Increase your intelligence score or wisdom by one to a maximum of 20. If you can see a creature's mouth uh, while it is speaking a language you understand, you can interpret it, uh, what it's saying by reading its lips. You can read lips. <laughs> uh, D&D Beyond people, if you're listening, it has quotations instead of a, uh, apostrophe. Um, <laughs> uh, you have a plus five bonus to your uh, passive perception and yeah. passive intelligence. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I underrated that. Yeah. So Plus five? Plus five. I had a player who didn't have this feat, and at level one had 17 for their passive. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, Roland right now has like a 30-plus passive perception right now. Wow. Yeah, it's it's like he nothing goes unnoticed by him because yeah. he has that feat. He also has like the alert feat too, I think. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But I love that one because the players get to use it constantly, and I have to come up with shit so much on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like... The king was like whispering to the mayor of Neverwinter and he's all like, hey, and they're at a dinner banquet. Roland's like, what are they saying? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, they're looking at me, right? They're like facing us. I'm like, yeah. Are they covering their mouths? I'm like, no shit, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, good on you for not freaking right Connor because oh, I yeah, totally yeah. would have because I'm like yeah he does that because I have no idea what the fuck he's saying <laughs> yeah no they're just casually just keeping they're like trying to be cool about it and mm-hmm. so like Roland got to know everything they were saying and every now and then he catches himself saying I look away from the window because I don't want to accidentally eavesdrop because he just will because yeah. he can't help it and I'm like I love that it's like a little bit of character moment where it's yeah. like I can't just read lips like it's just like as if you're shouting and at me the thing that I love about that is that like I still don't think, even with the plus five, I don't think that's character breaking at level one. And that's why, like, I totally enjoy give your players feats at level one. It just makes them more interesting. Yeah. And it's not game breaking. Like, it's so, it's so interesting to have a character that is good at something Mm -hmm. at level one because they're not good at much else. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) they're adventurers, you know? It's like they, they're doing this. They're out nearly risking their lives every day. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's very well illustrated by Dungeon Crawl Classic. Yeah. But in my eyes, like a level one adventure is still above a normal person. Yeah. They, to get that level one in my head, they have done something that makes them an adventurer. Something sets them apart from a commoner. Yeah. And the commoner stat block, not yeah, yeah. And downplaying people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I like giving them feats so that they are actually good at something yeah. at level one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those are our feats. Uh, Henry, Henry, uh, Henry did write in one other one. That was uh, he has a gif cleric, and uh, he wants to know if we have any recommendations for neutral gods that they could follow. My first reaction was just confuse your DM and say Monomon McLear. <laughs> just get just get crazy. Yeah, I like your suggestion more. Okay, so yeah, I was thinking about it. And I was like, you can honestly forego the exact idea of a god bestowing powers upon clerics you can make it a warlock situation without them wanting anything in return which is kind of what a cleric is if you think about it um you could have it be a neutral or just a powerful being you could Mm -hmm. have it be a space god Mm -hmm. that they're deity but they're not necessarily worshipped yeah so you, it's you, like you might not even know their name. There's some Cthulhu shit. Their name will make yeah. you go mad, but so, you pray to it. Yeah, you you could have a space entity that is so powerful that because you either conform to its ideals or what have you, it's decided to bless you. Yeah, and obviously ask your DM. But yes. uh, but I think I think one way that you could get your DM to go for this is to entice them. Be like, I don't know what that is. You could. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> for example spencer came up with this character who's a drow and he's following the song of the one good drow god there is yeah 
I think it's like Illustrate or something like that. Yeah, um, I, think, I think I can't remember. However, this God's name has literally been stricken from every record the Drow ever have, mm-hmm. and so he literally doesn't know her name. Yeah, he's just listening to her her song at night, and he's like. I have to find her. I have to know who she is. Oh, God, I've been playing too much Destiny. I just thought about Destiny lore. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, you don't exactly have to know who the God is in order to be blessed by them. Like, mm-hmm. if you're following them, their ideals, they could just like you that much. Yeah. I And especially that being a gift, I think that'd be really cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could always just pick a neutral God. I, I mean, like, if yeah. you if you had to stick to a pantheon, I would say probably one of the magic gods. Yeah. Like straight up either uh, Maestra or um, not Denier Agma. Um, but I those are kind of more inventing kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably, yeah, one of the more magic focused guys. Yeah. Um, unless, yeah, but I totally recommend coming up with some. You're already a gif. Yeah. You're already way out of left field coming yeah. from space. I, I, so it's like. Personally, my recommendation is like talk to your DM and come up with something. Yeah. Or just because, like en- encourage your DM to come up with something for you. <laughs> yeah. Cause, it, cause especially with the gift part, I'm just like, it feels weird having like any other God. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's me though. But it's been kind of talked about in D and D that you don't need necessarily a God in order to be either a paladin or a cleric. I mean, look at Ravnica. Mm-hmm. There's no like actual gods claimed on the, that plane. Yeah. And yet there's still plenty of clerics. There's still plenty of paladins. Yeah. So because it's like, it is an ideal. Yeah. Yeah, you draw your power from an ideal. Mm-hmm. Well, Henry, I hope that uh, answers your question. Um, and if you have any more questions or anyone else out there has any questions, comments, or what have you, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com and uh, we can do those on another show. I don't know. I'm tired. It's in the middle of the day and I'm tired. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. All right. Well, that was our show for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So until next week, don't get killed by an arch dragon and several Fomorian warriors. And I'm just panicking. Don't, Don't get killed by panic. Thank you.